0: I don't think I ever had anybody that tried to ride me dirty. So by the time I, by the time I got a national number, I was one of the bigger guys on the track. So I don't think I never had any issues with somebody just trying to ride me dirty because, you know, you got to get off the bike at some time. So I didn't have that issue. (laughs)
1: Episode ninety eight, Tank Slapping Podcast, getting close to 100 man, few away, crazy journey. Uh, we'll have to come up with something good for, for episode one hundred. But on the other side of the mic, as always, well, actually not as always. He was wasn't here last episode. We had a fill in, Sammy Halbert. Uh, Robbie Bobby's back on, man. What's up, dude? <laughs>
2: Yeah, sometimes
1: I gotta help out the little guys and the slower guys and let
2: them have a turn too. So Sammy, uh we'll just say he did mediocre at best. But uh no, it's good to be back. Good to be back. It's uh you know, sometimes life gets in the way and uh life comes at you fast. Basically we got three hundred and seventy two kids, so so yeah, it's good to good to be back. I apologize in advance. I'm actually uh picking up food with my youngest one and we're in the car right now, so I hope my phone stays
1: decent and um yeah,
2: can't can't wait to talk about this one. It's gonna
1: be a good one. Yeah, all good, man. No, Sammy crushed it. It was good having him on. The dude is out, like, co- co- well, he's really smart. I was gonna say he's, he's like he's a sleeper when it comes to intelligence and knowledge in the sport. Like everybody kind of knows Sammy as a dude that just hammers the throttle. But as far as insight and just the way he can break down the the sport that we all love and ride, it's uh, it's kind of underrated. He's a smart dude. Uh, Yeah, for sure, man. He's a,
2: he's a slammer, but also he's uh, a, he's very methodical too. People don't realize that, but uh, he's a, he's a thinker, Uh, not always a thinker, but when he's on the track, I know it doesn't seem like it at times, but, uh, but he's definitely looking, looking ahead for the most part. So yeah, it's uh, nice that nice having some some different kind of knowledge on. We always try to have some people with some level of uh, common sense, but with racers, sometimes that's a pretty shallow pool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Facts, man. No, it was good. I appreciate everybody who tuned into that show and yeah, it was good. It was good to have Sammy on and hopefully down the road, we'll we'll get him on again. Maybe we'll do like a trifecta. We'll do uh, the slammer, the Robbie Bobby and myself and do a, do a podcast. But tonight we got a good one. We're going to actually do something a little different. So our first guest is pretty standard. We're going to bring John Nickens on and he is a former national number rider from Virginia. So right down there with our man Rusty Rogers, Mike Hacker. There's been a, a quite a few guys from uh, the Eads brothers from Virginia that have come through the ranks, and Nickens is a very well known writer in the early 2000s. has had a really good career, earned a national number, had some solid results. Um, I tried to find some info on him, Rob, and I couldn't find much on on the internet. He was kind of a low key guy, um, so. Did you race with John at all, dude? Cause that's kind of your era, right? Early 2000s. Yeah, I was a pro sport. And when he was a, a GNC rider, so I might've raced against him in a few
2: am- or not amateurs, a few like outlaw races, but I, I remember him vividly because, uh, and I'm not going to describe him. I'll let him do that. But to this day, even, I mean, top three and coolest looking XR seven fifty. So if anybody out there is a good at Google or, um, Maybe flat track photos.com might have some on there, but go check out John Nickens and, um, and his ride, man, because uh, it was very, very unique and man, it was good looking too.
1: Yeah, I found a cycle news article from the early two thousands, and it might have been actually the year two thousand. I think it was from Savannah, Georgia, and there was uh, some results and a rundown of of everything. Chris Carr won both the main events, but I think Nickens got like eighth or ninth in the. 750 expert class which anyone that's been to savannah ever it's always so stacked prior to bike week so um yeah I, I couldn't find much man it's it's hard to find stuff the farther back you go it's hard to find find info so um but yeah john's a good rider he still rips he's still involved he promotes the rva flat track with mike hacker our boy mike so excited to get him on talk some shop Bench race a little bit, find out, yeah, what life was like then and uh, what he's up to now. Uh, we'll get him on here in a second. I think he's already on the line, but let's uh, quick shout out these sponsors that make this show happen week in and week out. And a shout out to all of our listeners for supporting these companies. I have a lot of these companies hit me up and, and tell us that they get a lot of um, like requests from our fans, listeners. So uh, that's, that's definitely appreciated. Mission Foods, as always, we're really excited to have him on board with our podcast they make a lot of great products and if you can support those who support the sport go out buy some mission products and yeah everything they're doing for for the podcast and the sport in general it's it's pretty rad bell power sports the official helmet of tank slapping podcast if you start tank slapping you want to be protected by bell yamaha motorsports and yamaha racing check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com motorcycle atv side-by-side snowmobile and power products yamaha revs your heart Indy Motorcycle, since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. Man, they got a lineup of bikes, some really good ones. I'm trying to get my hands on one down the road here. I'd love to cruise the streets of Lancaster in a, a Challenger, a Scout Bobber. So if you can, support Indian Motorcycle, everything they're doing in American Flat Track, Moto America, Super Holy Racing, and much more. Speaking of Moto America, the Ridge is up next, Robbie. Uh, you ever rode the Ridge, Washington? I have no, I haven't, and and looking at it, the uh,
2: pictures the last I believe couple of years, it's uh it's a really neat looking track. I know they've done a lot of improvements. Um, a lot of the Moto America guys love it. It's, uh, it's a challenging layout, similar to like a a Barber or a Mid Ohio, uh, but of course it's in Washington State, so there's a whole new demographic up there that's uh, that's getting into Moto America. So it's cool that it's it's going on the West Coast, not just in California, and actually will be up in. Uh, Washington area, north, Northwest also. So it's going to be cool. I'd, I'd like to get up there and check it out. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely, really interested to see if our flat track phenom kid, uh, Tyler Scott, see if he can uh, put it to Heron and the other boys again. Um, we saw him uh, have a little mishap on a slightly damp track, but he's a rookie and he's battling with a former champion and super bike champion. So uh, definitely looking forward to uh, checking that out.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk Moto America later on the show. But definitely check that out, The Ridge, June 24th to the 26th in Washington State. And if you can't be there, it's quite a quite a hike, obviously. But if you uh, if you can make it cool, if you can't, subscribe to the Live Plus package. $109.99 for the season or $12.99 per event. I talked to my boy Chuck, and he's going to hook us up with some giveaways for our listeners for uh, some free Live Plus memberships per for each race. So we'll get that going and we'll do some giveaways here on the podcast. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, 19 inch, 17 inch flat track tires, off road, street, whatever you need, rubbers for your steeds. Check out their website at Tires.com. Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Jerry keeps the sport going. He keeps our podcast going. He's been with us since day one. Make sure you, uh, Support what he's doing. If you need a commercial roof, you know anybody that's in the market, hit him up. He's the man when it comes to that. And Manscaped. Keep it plugged in for Manscaped. Uh, below the waist grooming. We've we've been talking about it quite a bit. My, my uh, yeah, this this damn thing is so cool, man. It's it's got a flashlight, it's waterproof, helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. Man, it's 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 hard to describe <laughs> it, dude. It's just one of those things that you need the it really is. You need to get it to believe what it what it actually does. Uh, I think B Rob hit me up. He swiped up and he's like, you know, wh- is it really that good or something? I'm like, bro, it's it's fucking awesome. Like, just trust me. It really um, is. It really
2: is. It's, it's it's so hard to describe it, but it's it's actually badass and it's not just a people people that asked me about. It. I was like, oh, it's just a set of fancy clippers. I'm like, yeah, kind of, but way fancier than you would think, but way easier to use and just I don't know. If it's the natural shape of them or what, but uh, but yeah, it's uh if you subscribe it's in my
1: book, if you subscribe to Robbie Bobby's OnlyFans, he puts he puts videos up of him using the manscape. So um, I do for a, a, a low subscription do. of three hundred dollars a month, you can uh you can be part yep. of that. Look up Robbie Bobby on OnlyFans. And if you're interested in the product and you want to save 20% with free shipping, use the code TANKSLAP20. Uh, Again, 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code TANKSLAP20. But let's get it going. Let's get this started. John Nickens is on the line. What's up, dude? How are you?
0: What's going on, fellas? How y'all been?
1: Uh, We're just peachy, buddy. How are you, man?
0: (laughs) Doing good. Got off work talking to you guys about racing.
1: Couldn't be any better. That's right. That's right. I love it. Yeah, so what's uh? So, let's dip it back, man. I I I'll get it started. I want to kind of go back. We talked about it a little bit, but um, <clears throat> kind of low key early two thousands, man. You were a really competitive pro rider, made some nationals. Um, but growing up, we'll kind of get into your amateur stuff a little bit. We've had some Virginia guys on our show. We've had Rusty and we've had Hackers. So, what was the amateur scene like for you? And who were some of the boys you battled with? I guess you grew up in Virginia, right?
0: Yeah, I grew up in Virginia. We uh, we had Richmond Fairgrounds we raced at until 87 when it shut down. So it was pretty much me and Hacker battling from the time we were little. And then he kept flat track, and we went, I went drag racing for a while, doing dirt drags. And then we started traveling up to Pennsylvania when I got in my teens, back in the flat track scene, and it just went on from there.
2: Well, so wait, back up a second. Dirt drags. Now, is that like on a quad or a dirt bike? Like, is it like a drag bike with a big old paddle tire? What are we what are we talking here?
0: So I started when I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine riding an uh, RM80. And then by the time I was 10, my dad had built a methanol-burning YZ250 for me to ride. So, and then when I got a little older, like I said, we went back flat track racing
2: that's interesting man i uh i don't know anybody's ever dirt dragged before but i'd like to see that methanol burning two-stroke if we can get maybe send cory a picture of that i'd like to have that put on the podcast like the the preview because i'm curious what that bad boy even looked like that's got to be crazy it was
0: it was it was not a good bike to ride it had a strut on the rear it had a high speed wobble like you've never seen before but it was fast <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Hey, John, so you said you mentioned you grew up with Hacker and you guys raced together and battled quite a bit. It's kind of ironic because now you guys are promoting promoting races together. What was your relationship like coming up through the ranks? Because you guys had a little bit of a rivalry from what I understand. Like it wasn't always uh, buddy, you know, buddy-buddy type thing. He was kind of like one of your rivals growing up. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, so Hacker Hacker's probably two or three years older than me, so I was always the small guy back then. And he used to get mad at me because if I couldn't beat him, I'd knock him off.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it it was pretty, it was pretty wild back then. Yeah. And did you get a chance to run with Rusty at all, man? I'm a, obviously a big Rusty Rogers fan. I have, I have a couple of his pictures signed and a big rusty guy, but (laughs) did you get to run with him? Cause he's obviously quite a bit older than you, but I didn't know maybe, your rookie year if he was still still flinging it sideways or what
0: so when i turned 16 we started riding the mars series the motorcycle asphalt uh, racing series so i got to ride with him on the asphalt
2: um but that's pretty much it oh i love that series man I, I wish i could have been around at that time to ride that series i think that could have been my my calling that could have been my ticket to the
1: big leagues yeah that was the
0: most fun i've ever had on a motorcycle or was riding asphalt.
1: Oh, looked, told you cory it looked cool man i know my dad did quite a quite a few of them as well um did you race with my pops at all john
0: no i don't remember riding with your dad much at all i think he was he was probably almost done when i started because i got i got my pro sport license in probably uh, i think 94 so i don't remember riding with him at all
1: He rode a little bit off and on in the nineties, but it was a lot of road racing then. Man, that's crazy. So you uh you've never raced with any of us. I never rode with you, I don't think. I think you were pretty much retired when I when I started coming up and and I guess my pops was retired before you raced with him. So I I never I never got to run with you, dude. I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard you were a shredder, man. And uh let's talk about your transition to the pro stuff and uh yeah where did you earn your national number and what was that transition like as you turned pro
0: so the first the first when I first turned pro was in bike week of 97 and I made an I made the short track national was the first national I ever made but back then you had to have enough points to get a grand uh, national number so I didn't get a national number for that and then we didn't get an XR for a couple years and then by the time we got an XR it was two thousand the year it was cool because the year that Hacker won Charlotte was the year that I made my first national and Tim Eads made his first national. So it was it was pretty Charlotte was really good to the Virginia boys. Damn that
2: is awesome, man. Um so I brought this up a little bit earlier, John, but uh because I, I don't even know if you knew who I was back in the day, because I think I was on road taxes when you were on XRs, but uh, tell us about your XR specifically the appearance because i already told people that they're t- it's like one of the top three xrs and maybe send a picture of that with Corey too because those bikes were sick man
0: so back then i was painting cars for it. that was my job was painting cars so oh, i always had to I, I, I tried to have the best looking paint. other besides jason tire jason tire always went up to me but i always <laughs>
2: to have, to have
1: some cool stuff yeah i have to well, check go that. ahead and describe to... it we need yeah yeah, I was gonna say I have to check. Yeah, it out, what color
2: but... was it, man? We need to know. I need to tell everybody, but I want you to tell them because I can tell you, man, nobody else had one like this.
0: I just had—I had a Dupont sponsor at the time. They were—they were supplying paint for me. They were giving me Chroma illusion paint, and back then the stuff was like—I don't know—like three hundred dollars a pint. So no, I mean it was—it wasn't affordable for anybody. But we used so much Dupont paint that they—they they gave me pints of it. So. Of course, I always had fresh paint jobs on my bike because when I was supposed to be working painting customers' cars,
2: I was painting motorcycle
0: parts. Okay,
2: but the color itself for those it that for us that don't speak paint that was that badass like green, purple, yellow chameleon like depending on like how you looked at it, right? It kind of like changed colors.
0: Yeah, so the chroma illusion back then was like seven. It, depending on the angle, was seven different colors.
2: Yeah. So, so every it, time you go by, it your always bike, looked good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, like every time you went by, I was like, shit, I thought he was on a green bike and like you would pass by and it turned to purple and then it was like blue and then it was red or whatever. I'm telling you guys listening, go look up John Nickens. I don't even know what year it would have been. Maybe like 2000, 2002 or something.
1: You can't find anything. But that like was that, still dude. my favorite. Like I've been trying to find photos and I you can't find anything. I'll have to hit up uh, our buddy Dave Honey at Flat Track Photos and and get some uh get some nickens photos you got you still have a bunch of photos john you can send us or
0: uh, i'll look and see if i've got some i didn't i never bought we were we were on a shoestring budget so there was not a whole lot of buying of photos or buying of anything extra
1: yeah how well, many years did you run groups, like i'm saying yeah how many years did you run the the twin or how many years were you did you run the pro stuff i guess in general like Cause if you turned pro in 97 and I kind of started running, I wasn't pro, but I, you know, I was around the pro races a lot in like Oh four, Oh five. Um, how long did you kind of chase the dream in the pro stuff?
0: So in 98, I ended up riding for Bob Norfleet, which he was, he was one of the main sponsors for rusty Rogers. Um, so we wrote a twin shocker for him for a year and then we bought our own XR and so from 99 until I got hurt in 04, um, we did our own thing. And then we got an, another XR, Chew, Kevin Larkin. He helped us out with an XR so we'd have a backup bike. So it it, it lasted for a couple of years. I wish it would have lasted longer, but, it, you know,
2: it is what it is. But, no, so, John, I, I know, uh, you know, right now you and Mike, with the rva have killed it bringing virginia flat track back um i know me and Corey have both been big supporters of your event and if those people haven't gone they need to because these guys it's very rare you get people that actually i think didn't we have the cops show up because like there were so many people that they were just parking random ass on the streets that we just went through every bit of parking plus some yeah
0: so the first race that they Blocked up Route One so bad that the cops showed up, threatened to shut us down. Um, it was, it was, we got, it was overwhelming. We thought that we'd have maybe 500, max thousand fans, but these people just kept piling in and piling in. I had no idea that there were so many fans, flat track fans, left in the Richmond
2: area. It was incredible, man. You got another, another hats off to you guys for doing that. Cause the second time, and that's, that's a good thing about you guys as promoters too, because you were racers beforehand, but you saw the issue. And then I can say hundred percent certainty that, that you guys had already had a plan in place for the next one. And it was very well executed. So, you know, hat, hats off to that. And just the exciting little, I just love short tracks. I guess that's because I'm, that's the only thing I'm any kind of decent at, but man, that track, I got to ride it for the first time just a practice night and on my little KTM framer that I built, man, it was, it was like smooth as glass. And then, Corey had to go and wreck my brand new bike.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that uh I thought you were a big mile guy, Rob. I didn't know you were a short track specialist. I remember you uh I remember you telling me you were like this badass miler back in the day. There's a photo of you in front of East <laughs> or Smith or something.
2: Oh yeah, that was on road taxes though, but that was that was different. That's
1: that's different. I I, I sucked on miles. But, <laughs> but I'll <I'm laughs> still I'll paddle your ass track. on a short track. Oh, come on, uh, John, it's, um, it's cool what you're doing in Virginia. I mean, there's been some good riders, as I've mentioned, come through there over the years, but lately we haven't really seen many Virginia guys turn pro. I mean, we had like, uh, Tristan Avery who had a, had a really good few years there in like the pro singles class, but, uh, just the lack of racetracks to, to kind of get kids involved you haven't seen kids coming through the pipeline in Virginia, um, doing well at, you know, at the amateur nationals and things like that. And you have, you have two of your own, you have, uh, Jaden and Ella. They're, I think they're six years old now. So they're coming through the ranks. And is that kind of like a bonus for you, man, to have these Virginia races that kind of get some of these Virginia kids back, back on the map and, and get them up through to the pro ranks?
0: That's where it all started from. It started with, you know, me and Mike, we, I got a track in my house. So we were talking one day and I was like, there's nowhere for kids to ride in Virginia. So we, the whole race got put on originally just for our kids to have somewhere to ride, you know, for Riley and Jane and Ella to have somewhere to ride at. And and then it blew up way bigger than we ever expected. So Now we want to continue to do it because there's, there was a lot of riders that came out riding the Navi class that everybody was like, why are you doing a Navi class that have converted, you know, VTX bikes over to flat track bikes. And now they're full blown flat track riders. So it's, it's been good for the area and we just want to continue to make it grow because there, there hasn't been any riders out of Virginia
2: for years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the Navi class, dude. I think it's like, it's crazy how fast they go with Navis and they just don't know no better. So it's like they probably would beat me on Navis because I know too much to, to go that fast on a groove track. But watching, oh, the, watching dude, I think the Navi we, class is so good. It is, man. I'll say, I, I
2: love their little press booth. I get to sit in when I do timing and scoring because the Navi class, I shit you not, go look at any video from Sabade or anybody. My ass is out on that, that little rickety walkway there because I want to see this action live, man, because uh, those guys get after it and they eat
1: shit so hard. I was like, oh. We need to put a, it's, John, it's a we good need show. to do a, a thousand to win knobby class, man, and just let them Oh, oh let my God. hillbilly you know, guys out of the woodwork just send it for a thousand. You'll class. have like 40 right. injuries, man. You'll, you'll have 40
2: knobby bikes out
1: there trying to battle it out. Everyone makes the main. Are you
0: volunteering the? Are you volunteering the uh, purse money?
1: <laughs> oh, I like oh. that. That's a good idea. Whatever Busted show up money. Whatever show up money you you were gonna give me, just put that toward the Knobby class. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick, though. Just a full blown thousand dollar to win Nobby class. Everyone but makes the you'd,
2: main. You'd, You'd have to say you can only run the Nobby class though. Otherwise, like Mies would straight up bring his woods bike. And you know how he is; he would totally get another grand. I don't. He'd have it man. fully set up too, like lowered down, like tire softener on these nobbies, just
1: fucking straight, like cheated up knobby bike. I guess you could lower the knob. I guess you could lower the moto bike, and it'd probably be better. We should say like, oh for sure, it's got to be stock lower suspension. With... I don't know. <laughs>
2: I'd put like a trials tire on the back.
1: Oh, now we're like,
2: thinking. Nope. Yeah, and yeah, well, I'm just saying, dude, for a thousand bucks, are you not gonna invest like 200 bucks on a good cheater setup? No, because you're not gonna yeah. specify. I
1: mean, well, look at Hooligan Racing, dude. It was like everybody literally rode their Harleys to the track and just got after it. Now there's like full blown factory Hooligan teams. So, dude, there's there's Hooligans that
2: would straight A. They would make the main in a AFT production twins class in some class. Some riders. But they and some of them are cost more. You could have bought an Indian F T R seven fifty with some of the money these things bring.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Nah, it's, Maybe it's not crazy. that extreme, but you know what I mean. Do you watch all the races, John, now? Do you watch the AFT stuff?
0: I do. When I got when I got out of it, I said I would never get back into flat track racing at all. And uh it's with these two little my oldest daughter, we went car racing and then my youngest two they wanted no parts of cars. They wanted to ride motorcycles, so here we are, sucked right back into the sport.
2: <laughs> oh, I've I seen it. Hey, Jaden, I'm telling you right now, you know, I mean, I pay more attention to Jaden just because I've seen him, but you've got a little kid with a with a future there, man. That kid is gets faster and smoother and more consistent every freaking time I see him. So, yeah, you, you might as well get get ready to start spending some money, bud.
1: I already have. i know i know i mean you you did a pretty good job at staying away because like i never met you until i guess probably like that i remember probably when i came to your race like from all the times all the tracks i've been to the last 15 20 years i've never seen your ride bro so you did a good job at staying away but it's good to have you back man you guys got a lot to uh a lot to offer a lot to offer the sport as far as what you're doing in promotions and it's just cool having you there man i know i've actually seen i don't know if it's common knowledge or not but i've seen your name on uh cameron smith's uh sponsor list too you you help out cameron a little bit
0: yeah we help out cameron we help out there's there's some other people we try to help out and make sure some of these kids go to the amateur nationals because when I was younger, I never went to the amateur nationals cause we didn't have any money to go. So if I've got an extra few
1: dollars to help somebody out, I try to help them out. Yeah. Rob, what are you doing? Dishes or something? Oh, I was getting ice. I tried to,
2: I tried to block off cause I was really trying okay. extra hard, but I guess, <laughs> I guess you heard it, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: the loudest thing ever. Um, John, what, uh, what's your career now? Like, so you go from racing motorcycles at the pro level, and now you, uh, you have a successful career outside of racing. What do you tell everybody what you do and, uh, kind of how you got into that?
0: So when back in 0203, I needed health insurance when I was racing. So I started selling cars. I thought it was, it was pretty easy to sell cars. It's like selling sponsorship. You just walk up to people, talk to them and sell them a car. Um, so I, I, started doing that. And then when I got hurt in oh, I got hurt at, uh, Frederick, Maryland in oh four, that's when I quit racing. Ah. I just decided to pursue this whole car sales thing and I didn't know where to go. So, but now, um, I've been a general manager at a Toyota mechanics Toyota for years now, and it's been good to me, it's been good to me, been good to my family. So it allows us to go racing. You know, the hours aren't always the best where you gotta work on the weekends, but it's it's been good.
2: I need to know if you guys get any El Camino's in on trade, you better call me first. I'm
0: trying to get all my friends them. (laughs) I can't tell you the last time I've seen an El Camino. Oh. when your your Facebook post is the only (laughs) time I
2: see El Camino's ever. (laughs) Well, that's
1: that's good, I'll take it. You already have a Camino, bro. I don't even have one. You already, ha- you already got one. You need to get one.
2: After Dalton got in mind the other day, he's like, "Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to get one of these." But obviously, you can't just like you can't get them stock. But, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm really gonna try and drive it to uh, Volusia at the end of the year. That's my goal.
1: <laughs> if you yeah. guys see me on the side of the road cussing and sweating, you'll know what happened. That'd be sick. Um, well, John, what if? If you were so you're you're a race promoter now you've you've been a rider if you could change one thing with uh, the Pro Series American Flat Track what's one thing you don't like like what's one thing you would change
0: I just don't like the rider count um, and you know it's it's gotten to where if you show up for a Super Twins you get a national number that's the only issue that I have I'll tell you the the singles class is unbelievable watching those guys ride um, the production Twins it's you know, it's a pretty stack class there. And then you get to the Super Twins. And I just don't think that you should show up. And if you have enough money, you get a national number. It's just, it's not the way it should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think, Fair nation- point. I don't even think you really can say that term anymore, national number. Um, it kind of is what no, it is. I think you- like you just don't, you don't earn national numbers anymore. Like for a while there were singles guys saying they were getting a national number. And then two people had the same number. And now in super twins, you could just, you know, well, you, well, last year I hated last year. I think it was the first year they did it. You could use a provisional to make the main event. Like you never had to make a main event in your life. You could use a provisional if nobody else took it and make a main event. Like there's guys who their first main event? It was because of a provisional. So it's it's definitely different, man. There, I don't even use the term national number anymore. It's just like it's it's just does no no respect to the era where you had to earn it, um, and that's one thing I'll give. We have people the, the older crowd. It's like ah, oh, back in our day, this and that. It's like blah blah. But I will give them you know earning the national number. It had a lot of prestige to it you know 20 30 40 years ago and it's just a little it's just a little different now a lot different uh rob what do you think no it, it
2: is and i i completely and here's here's why um you know give give more credit to john because he actually had to earn his national number we'll call it the hard way you know you had to a not only show up but b you had to race your way in and, and not saying you don't have to do that now in some instances just not in super twins but i think the only thing I'm not 100% sure of, and geez, you think I should read the rule book, but as far as numbers, I thought for like your first year, you had to start with like a three digit number. And then once you earned X amount of points, you go
1: to a two digit. I could be wrong, but I, I thought because I like no, you case, do, but number 105. You do, but like there's guys who w- got into main events last year with three digit numbers who didn't qualify. Um, they just, oh, to
2: told- use a provisional. No, no, I get that. I yeah, get that.
1: yeah. I get that. My bad. F, the three digit number to the two digit with the letter thing, that's, it's not even like a big deal for me. Like the letter thing, I guess everyone, they, they love the, the letter thing, but I thought that could kind of be confusing to new fans anyway. It's like, like Virginia, yeah, is, I don't like the letter Virginia is S, but Maryland is also S. So it's like, you know, kind of, and why is S Virginia? Wouldn't it be V, you know, like it's, it's tough, so, to, it's tough to explain.
2: Yeah, well, also the southeast was like C. I think like Florida, Georgia, Alabama were were all C. Florida had and health.
1: Florida had a letter. Like there was guys that came from Florida that raced pro. Well,
2: I'm Grand National number twenty C. Man, god okay. dang.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. Me know and Johnny was...
2: Murphy were both number twenty together. I was the better looking and the better rider, but he had the better bikes.
1: And you both had massive sideburns. We did have some fucking jobs. <laughs> <Big sideburns. laughs> we did big sideburn guy. Uh, what are your, uh, John, what are your thoughts so far on like, you, you talked about the rider count, you know, generally speaking, but as far as the super twins class with, you know, Mies and on the Indians and their, their, their bikes restricted and the Yamaha deal, it's, it's good to get some insight from, from somebody with some uh, experience like yourself. What are your thoughts on the way that that kind of the class has been structured this year and the first five races so far?
0: I mean, I think it's I think it's better the way that it is now. Um, gives Yamaha a chance. Do they obviously have more speed down the straightaway? Yes. But once you involve, you know, Kenny Tolbert and Jared Meese, they always figure out a way. So I just think, and when you go to the short track this weekend, it's going to be a good race and it doesn't matter how much power you have, how much power you don't have. Um, the mile is going to be the only good thing for Yamaha, I feel like, over the Indians. But as we saw last week, it can go either way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's something to debate about, I guess. And I don't know. It's, it's obviously talked about quite a bit. It, it was pretty noticeable at the red mile more than I even thought it would be like watching. It was man, like, wow. I uh, if yeah, anybody, I, Did you see the thing Briar posted, man, I about fell out of my chair laughing
2: so hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I know their team is working so hard, but, I mean, it, it was cool for him as a you know a previous champion, but I don't want to say make light of the situation. I know deep down it's freaking killing him, but he posted a funny uh, video on his Instagram. It was him leading out of one corner and then like them literally sucking the paint off the side of his bike as they go past him, and then it's cut to like the Ricky Bobby scene in Talladega Nights, where he's like, "Was that the other bikes? You know?" It, he's like, "Where? Are the, what were those?" Cause they It was it was absolutely perfect execution of. Of the situation.
1: <laughs> he was uh he was really proud of that. He he sent it to me before he posted it. i I, I lost <laughs> it. I was like, bro, that's it's so depressingly funny. Um and everybody talks yeah. about oh. everybody talks about how good the factory Indians are and they wanna, you know, oh you know, so and so they need a factory ride. But man, like not to take anything away from anything they're doing over there. They're a great team, but they are struggling to get power out of those factory Indians. Like uh, Briar and Shana's bikes. Like it was it was visible at, at the red mile. And, you know, it's, it's not for lack of hard work. Like I just, I don't think they found the right combination yet. So it's been, it's been really tough. And obviously they have an incredible crew over there with Zanotti and Michelle and SNS. they're going to crush it. But for the first two events, it was like, damn, like it was, it was tough to see. And then, you know, the Essenson bikes were really fast. Um, I was actually was thinking like, you know when they draft by them that fast i would have rolled off the gas a little so it wasn't super not, like noticeable but they just swoop right by i was like all right well that's that so now nah, it was interesting and yeah back on the short track this weekend and it'll be good to uh to see how that goes but uh yeah so i guess uh did you have a favorite guy growing up, John? Like No, no.
2: Come what? on. We gotta, we haven't done it in a while. We need to bring it back, man. John, All right. yeah, I got we it. didn't yeah. know who the guy.
1: Yeah. Fuck that
2: guy. We need to know who your guy was. Like You're like, man, that's a dirty rider. Fuck that guy. Or, you know, man, he's an asshole. We need to know who it was in your era because you kind of raced right before my era. And I don't know if we've asked any of those guys. Was, I think Sammy Halbert. I think Rich King. He was before me. So who was? Who was your guy that when you went to the nationals?
0: I don't think I ever had anybody that tried to ride me dirty. So by the time I by the time I got a national number, I was one of the bigger guys on the track. So I don't think I never had any issues with somebody just trying to ride me dirty because, you know, you got to get off the bike at some time. So I didn't have that issue. All
2: right, you know what? We're gonna by default we're gonna give that to Jason Tire just because he also was painting pretty bikes back in the day. So. You probably when he showed up through tech, you are like, Man, fuck that paint job. <laughs> I know him and the press, put some time into it. Uh so the Jason, Prez, Tire, I know Him and the press had some beautiful bikes. Oh, I know it. I know it. I, I sent so back in the day before I learned how to like well, I never knew how to paint, but I, I used to kind of build bikes myself and Walt Metzler put our Triumph together and that was kinda of when Jason was getting out of it. But we sent it to him to use and I was like, Man, this is like my favorite bike ever. And it was like a decent Bike as far as look wise Like, after like two weeks, he started sending me some pictures. The frame was yellow. Uh, the tank was yellow. It had PM wheels on it. The entire engine was painted black. Like, it looked just like his XRs. And I'm like, shit, man, it took me like months to build what I thought was perfect. They took it all the way apart, and made it 10 times better. And now I felt like a big old piece of shit. But, but it's still painted the exact same <laughs> from when he had it. So I still got that bad boy. So, anyway, yeah, fuck I, him f- for I, his beautiful I feel like
0: back when I was back when I was racing the one that I felt like I battled with every week for a semi was Schnobble. it was just it, every oh. semi that I pulled it was snobble 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 and, and he was he never got tired he just he never gave up
2: but yep. he never rode <laughs> me
0: dirty either so he was he was just he was one of those guys I couldn't get away from
1: Schnobble. he was an dude. animal man. what a beast yep, Yeah, love that guy, is, love uh, that guy. I remember lining up next to my rookie year. I think it was, it was my rookie year. I was like 105 pounds riding an XR 750. It was Lima. (laughs) I line up next to Schnabel. I I was fucking terrified. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy is like, he's going to eat me alive. If I don't get off the start, like, uh, just, yeah. Growing up racing, racing those, that era of guys, that's, that's really cool to kind of hear it's, yeah, I missed the I missed the Nickens battles, man. I never like you quit before I uh I turned pro, but we got to race a lot of the same guys. So that's pretty cool. Like were you more like before your pro era, like were you more of a were you more of a Parker Scott Parker guy? Did you like Chris Carr? Um who was kind of your guy as far as I, when you were an amateur?
0: I was a total Will Will Davis guy. So oh,
1: yeah. when I was Hell, like thirteen
0: yeah. years old. When I was 13 years old, we'd go down to this place, Red Springs, Red Springs. And every, every weekend he wasn't racing. It was Will Davis. He would ride the outside. I was on the 85. He, him and Robert Lewis would ride the outside so I could feel like I was doing something on my 85. They're on road taxes. But we rode, I rode with him a lot. And he was, he was the nicest guy I've ever met, the smoothest guy i ever met. And that's who I
2: always wanted to be like, was Will Davis. That's a good one that's definitely a good one man he good choice
1: yeah there was man that guy had some just like a like r like i don't know is that the right word but he just had like so much swag uh and he didn't try to like he was just a good old boy from carolinas like he just just his paint schemes and his helmet look and just the way he rode he was smooth i watched an indoor i think flat track our boy um Scotty Taylor posted it on his, uh, YouTube page, uh, flat track flashback. And it was an indoor. It was like an, I I don't know where it was. I want to say it was somewhere, somewhere on the East coast. It might've been Southern, like maybe Virginia, there was like an indoor and every single rider at this indoor looked slapped out. Like they could barely be smooth. They were just out of control. And Will Davis was the only one who was like in control lap after lap after lap, just hitting his marks. And it's just cool to see that kind of um, precision from a guy like that. You know, you have the guys like Parker and and Atherton and Rusty Rogers, McClendon, McClendon, who just gave it full throttle. And then you had Will just doing his thing, just smooth as glass. And yeah, that's 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 cool to see. And the watch him um, on
0: asphalt was like – watching him on asphalt was like something you've
2: never seen before in your life. Oh, you can still actually go on YouTube and, go, and YouTube uh Mars, and there's a few of them on there, and you're right, man. He, that dude was just – people like to exaggerate. Say, Oh, he was just boiling the tire down the straightaway, but Will Davis could like – he could do it, and it would still be going fast. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely go watch some.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well – looking forward to the next RVA man i know we were expecting a, a big one a couple of weeks ago and rain got the best of us but yeah when when is the next RVA for everybody listening uh richmond virginia it's actually ashland virginia capital city speedway uh, I'll, I'll i think i'm going like there's not a national weekend right what's the date
0: no we're not going to do it on a national weekend we're actually working on the date still um so we don't know. It's going to be probably September, first week in October. Uh, we're just we're trying to make it bigger than it was before. Awesome. So we've got, you know, we've got over it- 20,000, 20, It'll be over a $20,000 purse. Uh, it's We're just trying to make an epic event.
2: That's amazing. And it's going to be a double header still or do we not know yet?
0: Yeah, it's still going to be a doubleheader.
2: Yeah. Hell for yeah. Sure. Nice, nice
1: brad well cool man we appreciate you coming on and and chatting with us it's uh looking forward to I, I, like i said rva here in the future and looking forward to seeing your kids grow up and race but you've been uh, a lot of help with me i'm a i'm a, a new wee dad and i'm always texting you about cobra 50 tips and tricks so appreciate all the all the peewee to wee dad shit man it's uh it's cool and looking forward to the seeing your kids grow up and race and uh, continue on the uh, Virginia and Nickens tradition. Heck yeah, man. I'll be glad
0: yeah, when the, P- the Pee-wee stuff is over <laughs> and we can get on some 65s and 85s full-time because it's, you know, the drama of the Pee-wee stuff. Um, but we'll be in Greenville next next weekend or weekend after
2: at Robbie's yeah, all race. Yeah, right.
0: Pushing Heck the cushion.
2: Yeah. Pushing it. So it'll be good. Like salt and pepper. <laughs>
1: What would it take for John Nickens to show up and, and race a pro race again? Oh, yeah. Um,
0: it's not going not gonna to happen ever again. Um, after <laughs> I, got hurt, I got hurt with Frederick, I uh, decided that my family was more important than racing motorcycles. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I can't say that I'm giving up riding because I'm going in the morning to pick up a YZF450 for me. So I can convert that to a flat track bike and I'm going to start right. Just, I need something to push my kid.
2: There you go. That's a good, yeah, good dude. we see Corey
1: do it all the time. I can't wait to see a uh, little, little Cruz put a stuffed slide job on dad. So. He's got a thing. long way to go. I'll I'll punt his ass. I ain't, I ain't playing games. So.
0: <laughs> He's almost the same
1: size as told, you now. I told
0: you know, Jaden. <laughs> I, I said, if you keep on, I said, I'm going to put you in the woods.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they get. I don't know about Jaden, but Cruz gets kind of lippy, man. He's getting kind of like uh, chatty. I'm like, man, I'm the wrong guy to kind of chat like to uh, to get chirpy with. Like, I'll put your ass on the ground. I don't care if you're four years old. So Dude, get this.
2: We took. So uh, I'll, we I'll, to, give you, I'll give you.
0: i am give you guys full disclosure. About three weeks ago, we were riding the capital city, and I was riding a two thirty, and he pulled away from me going down the straightaway. I could not pass the kid on his Cobra, so he told me. He said, "Dad." He said, he said, you know why I beat you? I said, no. He goes, cause you're fat and slow. So oh. since then I've lost 15 pounds and bought a faster motorcycle. <laughs>
2: oh, he spoke to <laughs> Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> dude, the, uh, yeah. this past Sunday we had Colton out at PDT, Landon, some other guys were riding and he, Colton hadn't ridden in like two months. He just does whatever he does. And I was like, Hey buddy, you're looking pretty good up there. And he looked at me straight in the eye. He's like, I know. I'm like, damn dude. Take the compliment. Damn kids these days have no respect and, and Colton's gonna be tearing my ass up soon too. I know it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's 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 fun, it's it's a cool journey for sure. But yeah, no, it's 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 gonna be interesting the next few years, man. I'm excited to at least I have people to hang out with at the uh, amateur races because it gets pretty fucking boring. I'm just like, all right, man, like where's Nickens at? Where's where's everybody at? Let's go chat it up. But no, nah, cool man. Thanks for coming on again and uh see you at RVA here in the near future. Thanks for having me. Yep. Nice. See you yeah, soon. See you Greenville. Thank you. Yep. Later, buddy. Yep. Ah, that was a good one, man. Yeah, there's a lot of good info there. That guy was, well, yeah, it's a good ride. I didn't, want to throw him, I didn't want to throw him under the bus, but he was, like, talking about, like, well, I never really had any
2: problems with anybody. I was thinking, like, dude, because you're, you're, like, the nicest guy in the world, but, like, he could totally beat our ass if he needed to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I kind of felt bad for custom because, I don't ever hear him curse. And he's just like the nicest guy anywhere. Like I, anything I needed, the RVA. Of course, Mike is awesome and a good help too. But John's like, yeah, buddy, whatever you need, whatever we can do. Like he just, he's just, and I remember him being that way in the past, but like I said, I thought, he, he didn't know who I was probably, but he just always seemed like a good guy. And then it's so cool that he's kind of got out of the sport and then came full circle with his kids. And then, He's keeping a sport and building it back up with Mike Hacker in Virginia. So yeah, dude, definitely a good, good, uh, good guest.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're doing something a little different this week. We went on Facebook and we so we we don't really have a live show where fans can call in. So we're gonna pick a fan once a month. We'll say to come on and kind of bench race, talk shit, give the fans a little bit of a platform that isn't Facebook to kind of debate, like kind of take on Corey and Robbie Bobby sort of thing. I was going to give a disclosure. Like you guys can come on, you can debate whatever you want, but keep in mind who you're debating with. You got Robbie Bobby who lives on undefeated, undefeated Undefeated probably. Yeah. And then you have myself who is I'm pretty debatable as well. Like I've actually, I don't know if you saw Rob, but I've been one lining some people this week on, (laughs) <laughs> on social media. It's just I see a stupid yep, comment. I, and I just I just been one just like a subtle one-liner. Um just to kind of man, is people think like they're so certain of what they're saying, and it's wrong. They're like, so wrong, they're and they're so, so wrong. wrong. So I've just been one-lining people like false. <laughs> That's like all They're like, Why is it false? It's it. like, I don't need to explain it, but you're fucking wrong. So um, yeah. yeah, we're going to bring the fa- some fans on. And our first, our first guy we have on the pod this week, he was the first one. When I posted it, he reached out. We're getting him on. It's Sean Carroll. He is a, the sales manager, actually, at the new newly-owned Lancaster Harley-Davidson. Hannum's Harley bought the old shop. And Sean is a hooligan racer, and he is the sales manager at the shop. Listens to a lot of the podcasts, races all over the East Coast. Big hooligan guy, Sean. You on the line?
3: How's it going, guys?
1: What's up, hey. dude?
3: Uh, you know, just getting home from work, uh, smoked a cigarette, getting ready for some adult beverages.
2: <laughs>
1: nice. cigarettes um, are bad for you. C- <laughs> cigarettes are bad for you, yeah. <laughs> so, is yeah. was racing motorcycles, yeah. That was a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so is hooligan racing. Bro, I think Sean probably beat you. Did you race Charlotte, Sean, or no? No, no, no,
2: no.
3: Uh, he
1: he it. would have beat me though. He would have beat me. Let's not. Why do we keep rehashing this? You trying to just crush my soul here with the, the the. I mean, God dang! <laughs> Sorry, bro. He's a hooligan guy. I thought he was there. I didn't know if he, if he raced a deer or not. Have you ever? Have you ever raced with Robbie Bobby or no? Uh yeah.
3: The I mean, yeah. One one class we were in when I was on a. 450. I think it, uh Springfield. I think that was maybe other, other than that. I've been to the, the World Clash, uh, Panhandle Clash multiple years. So Ooh.
2: hell yeah. Is that the World well, Championships the most, or something I've read? It is. It's the most prestigious event in the world of racing, of all racing. Two and four wheels. <laughs> Formula One tried to buy
1: my series. I was like, not happening. Nah. Not happening, Frenchie. Well, let's chat, man. So, obviously, you watch watch a lot of the AFT races. I don't know if you watch all of them, but you're a you're a fan. What are your thoughts on the season so far? And yeah, let's let's kind of get started. Let's let's bench race a little bit.
3: Um, I mean, overall, it's been a been a pretty exciting season. I mean, uh, looks like a lot of the tracks you guys are riding look a lot better than how they did last year. Um, at least just from looks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, uh, I like a little bit of the drama going on and, uh, you know, guys uh, seem pretty damn hungry this year. And it seems like, uh, that XG is getting, getting a little bit quicker.
1: Rob, thoughts, yeah. on, the X, thoughts yeah. on the XG, you were an XG guy last year, man. What do you, what do you think? Is there a, nah. is there any difference in the program? Like you were obviously big on that Vance and Heinz team last year with the Harley and Jesse's been really good on it this year as well. What do you, you know, has anything changed on that program that, that you know of or any thoughts?
2: Man, I mean, I got lots of thoughts. Um, I don't know if I'm right or not, but um, if I know the Van that they weren't sleeping, you know, this winter time, uh, you know, Terry cracks a pretty good whip over there. And I feel like they've done some improvements on it. Um, I'd like to think some of the improvements were made off of some of, some of our feedback, but I mean, I, I have no idea what they're, what they're doing and it's, clearly none of my business but I uh the success can't be denied right they're definitely whether or not it's all Jesse or all of them I don't I don't know but clearly there's a good good uh conglomeration of of machinery and people working on it
1: yeah no it's so that's my thought yeah and like I said that it's it's a little different package this year with like the rule they've they've made the the cc limit a little bit bigger and I don't know what package they're running. Like either way, they're they're good. They're good in general. Like every package they bring. And Jesse's, you know, last year he rode the bikes freaking well. And this year he's he's determined, man. And yeah, Vance and Hines, they 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 want to win, bro. They have, you know, a really good team and a lot of infrastructure, a lot of technology. And uh so Sean, you're a hooligan guy. What 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 do you like and what don't you like about the cool uh, sorry, current hooligan like rules and stuff like that. Cause we talked about a little bit on the show earlier, like how, how evolved the hooligan classes has gotten. Like it was, you know, it turned, it was initially a bunch of guys having fun on their Harleys fucking drinking beer and riding bikes, but now it's like pretty, pretty in depth. Like what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely developed. Um, I mean, like you said, it was starting out with guys, Riding bikes to the track and then taking them on the track and just kind of hoping it won't crash and partying afterwards and it's now developed into a really, really, really good competitive series. um I mean, just in my district alone, District Six and the, the East Grand National Hooligan Championship. I mean, how many ex-pros are getting involved and in just the, the bike setups that people are doing to them now? I mean, it's it really is insane. Um, I mean, and it seems like almost every hooligan race you go to, there's at least three to 10 heavy, heavy hitters, um, which, you know, it makes it a little tough for the, the guys just starting out like myself. I mean, uh, I started out flat track on a hooligan bike. I didn't really grow up riding 90s or 125 or 150s, or even 250s. Um, I just viewed it as, hey, I really like Harleys and I understand how they work. and I'm gonna try and go out and have some fun on it and then I'd probably say in like the last four, three to four years it's it's come a really long way. Um cheating ass KTMs. <laughs> well there's a there's a guy in our area that I think uh will give that KTM uh run for its money very, very, very easily.
2: Well he's cheating too. Uh, he
3: <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. I, I remember hearing somebody on your podcast say it's it's not cheating; it's being creative. No, oh, yeah, I would Dude. never say that.
1: No, that was Pat murray <laughs> That was Pat murray That that was a good show, bro. That that was a good show. He was, yeah, that was that was that was pretty good. um So, do you think? Do you think? What, what, how do we? How do we tame it back? Like, how do we bring back the May hooligan fun again? Sort of thing. I mean, it's. I don't know. I think they're banned MKTM. Yeah. What, what's the rule? I love what what I, do you say? I'm... Like V twin only or Harley? Like what? Do you, what's the rule? Like you got to fucking Triumph. I like, mean,
3: it's
1: <laughs> how dare you? Isn't it a Triumph? You have a
2: Triumph. Yeah, but don't speak ill of the trumpet.
1: Well, that's what I mean, though. If you're going to ban the KTM's or, or ban anything else, like what, what, why, why wouldn't you? You're the only Triumph, right? Like who? Ban the, the Triumph. Damn
2: KTM's are cheating.
1: Sound like the I guy on it. South. Park. I love it. Can you yeah.
2: <laughs> can you can you, <laughs> you
1: hear me eating this cheese queso dip? I hear you eating something. I don't know what's going on, but it's so good. It is so good. You're ridiculous. Oh my god. Um, what's who's um, one? Go ahead, Rob. I'll let you ask him a question, and then I got one more, and then we'll we'll let him bounce. But
2: no, I think uh, I think he is right, though. It would be cool to to kind of get back to the roots a little bit, but at the same time, you know, you can't really penalize people for built like looking at the rules book and saying, "Oh shit, look at there." That KTM falls into those rules, you know. So you can't really can't really fault them. But it is kind of funny because you know it's funny how things go and now look what Rispoli did and now there's probably gonna be people like putting some of them together because it's monkey see monkey do and racing you know it's just that's just how it goes but uh but it's a good bike definitely a good bike
1: yeah yeah it's uh, it's it's crazy how uh how in depth these bikes are and man Sean Bear when he rode his BMW of Grass I didn't even know it was a hooligan bike like I'm standing there and Tommy McGrain's like, I, is that a hooligan bike? I'm like, there's no way. He's like, it's got hooligan like the number plates on it. I'm like, bro, there's no way. Like, yep. He was riding that thing so good. I was like, well, oh, there, there goes it's the stopped.
3: there goes that scene. John, is that who you talking much. about a minute ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he put a hurting on all of our top guys. I mean, it was I mean, it
1: was sad. Yeah. Well, if there's – is there one – if you could pick a pro guy who you've never – like who would be – how am I going to word this question? Who would make a good hooligan rider that races AFT right now that – like who would you pick if you had to make like a, an ultimate hooligan race team? Who would your rider be? Like who would you throw on it? Oh, that's, that's tough. Rob, uh, what about you? you who would you he who would you throw on, Rob? Who would be your hooligan hero? Are you talking about what pro like are you talking about like would
2: I put Jared Meese on a hooligan bike?
1: What pro would you pick if you had a hooligan bike, like a big heavy pile of shit? What sorry everybody that rides hooligans? What <laughs> who would you put on a hooligan bike in in complete confidence that they're gonna win? Um
2: that had to be an adaptable rider. So um I'd say Sammy, Briar, Jared, you know, obviously picks like that.
1: Man, um, I feel like Jared's ridden he's ridden a lot of good bikes and his like most of the bikes he's ridden have been really good. Like he went from riding some of the best Harleys ever to the best Indian. Like he never rode like a parallel twin that wasn't quite set up right. Um Sammy and Briar, they've ridden yeah. some They've ridden some challenging twins over the years um, so that wouldn't be a bad a bad option. I think a Briar would be good because I, I feel like being bigger and taller would help muscle around a hooligan bike yeah. but yeah Briar even Dallas like Dallas is really really smooth he's taller he's got really good racecraft like he'd probably ride the shit out of a hooligan bike so um, no, that'd be cool It'd be cool to do like a pro hooligan like team race where every hooligan guy like a legit hooligan rider teams up with like a pro pro rider they do like 10 laps um but the pro can never have ridden the bike before like you got to just jump on it and go um like a thousand dollar to win or
3: something be that'd be be pretty interesting the only problem is you know most of most of our guys are big time ex-pros so (laughs) Feel like it's a slight advantage
2: there. Yeah. Or yeah, but and look how look how fast Rev and Kevin got at the speed on that hooligan. again. Like was it Charlotte where he kicked her by his ass? Uh
1: he got uh, second at Charlotte. Yeah. That was Scooter Vernon. One Charlotte.
2: Oh, that's right. The KTM uh, won that one. Well still. Yeah. I think one of them races Barnes was, like brand new to and, and kicked ass.
1: Nah, Kevin's sick on, on that Harley. He's really good and it's just just a Harley now though. Like you can't really, it's hard when you're probably 30, 40 horsepower below what the, what the KTMs are. But anyway, yeah, as uh, yeah, we wanted to get you on Sean and chat a little bit. Anything else you want to, any questions or anything you want to chat about before we let you go? Um, well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bummed out that, uh, you know, we offered
3: Robbie Bobby to ride a Rotex down at Square Deal, and now I'm being told that he can't make it.
2: I know, dude. I'm bummed, man. But I gotta, I gotta stay with my guys. I can't like bail on my team. I made a commitment. Trust right, me, man. I love Square Deal. I've ridden there before, and on a good Rotex by Tommy Hannah, man, that would be a dream come true. I'm not turning it down. I just can't make this one. If, whenever my schedule allows, I will be there. <laughs> All right, y'all can all right. Put your own damn road tax on your kitchen counter. I saw what y'all did at the Clash.
1: <laughs> that was an epic oh. photo. I
2: woke up by some pictures of a freaking race bike on the kitchen counter of, like, a big old rental house in Florida.
1: Wasn't that, like, Ben Ludlow and Sean? And was Heverly down there, too?
3: No, I'm surprised he wasn't a part of it, though. He, he normally – between him, Heverly, and Ben, I mean – bad decisions, definitely follow with those two. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a yeah, pretty solid, bad, it's a pretty solid crew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was good having you on dude. It's, uh, you're right up the street most of the time. Now you're sales manager up at Lancaster Harley. So it's, uh, it's cool. As you have said, walking through, there is a lot of, a lot of good history inside the, inside that building. So it's, uh, it's cool that, that you, you're kind of doing that now and I'll get to get to see you quite a bit.
3: Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, any time you want to, you know, drink a couple beers after work, I'm always game for that.
1: <laughs> Count me in, dude. Yeah. Count me in. Well, appreciate you, man. Everybody and... call up Lancaster Harley for full sponsorship. <laughs> after, <laughs> ten, after 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, after 10 o'clock. We'll, we'll just be writing checks. <laughs> Stroking them, baby. <laughs> All right, man. Lord. Well, good chatting, bro, and uh, we'll chat you soon.
3: All right, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, Sean. Good to see on. you, bud. Later. Ah, that was fun. Yeah, I, real fast. Rob, a couple other things I want to talk about. We'll, we'll we'll get off here. But Moto America weekend, you mentioned briefly. But Ty Scott won uh, won the first Super Sport race at uh, Road America, which was crazy. Um, not super crazy. Yeah. We've, we we kind of know what he's capable of. The kid's a savage. He he gets after it. So it was. Not totally unexpected, but I think a lot of people didn't think. Uh, I think he's 16, right? Like a 16 year old would go yeah. and and win a super sport race. But yeah, good good race for him. And then the the second day was actually Jason Farrell, who is man, he's like 46 years old. Um, got his first well, win, local local boy. Yeah, for sure.
2: That was awesome too, man. I mean, it was just, it was one of those those instances where you know the old crafty veteran man. Cause those track conditions I've ridden on that kind of surface in those conditions and man, it is the worst Corey. Think of it as going out on a track after they watered a dirt track, but then you like hit these little spots. You're still slick as shit. It's like tacky, tacky, then slick. That's exactly the same feeling, except for they're probably going another 50 miles an hour faster.
1: Oh, it don't look fun at all. Like the way Tyler crashed no. the second day, it was like, what did he do? Like he just, it's a matter of just one little extra push or a little too hard on the front brake, or you gotta, man, it's like a lot of finesse on a track like that. And I guess Sean, I'm sorry, Sean Farrell, it's Jason Farrell, I guess he's had a lot of, a lot of time on that track and different conditions. And I saw like Larry Lawrence posted like, yeah, it was an unexpected win and, and Farrell took like offense to him saying it was unexpected but then i saw jason posted that in 25 years of racing pro is his first win so i was a little confused why why he felt it it wouldn't have been unexpected like it wasn't like it wasn't well, like larry lawrence was think- like knocking the guy he was just saying like man he, you know it was his first pro win at age 46 like that's he was kind of giving the giving him a compliment and I, it looked like he took it the wrong way so that was funny. i think so yeah definitely got i think
2: maybe maybe blown out of proportion because you know it, it was unexpected hell i've watched a lot of racing before and, and i even after watching practice which is what i think jason was making his comment about because in morning warm-up he was considerably the fastest out there so he was maybe that's why he's saying i don't know what you, you didn't notice the practice or warm-up but uh he definitely took more offense to it and I, I do believe that uh the rider files is was not trying to be derogatory at all
1: yeah but um
2: yeah i mean it's clearly sensitive about it which hey you know yeah i thought more that excited was to
1: me about when winning my first race yeah yeah that was kind of weird I, I i don't know why he was he was that stressed out about it but no it was cool to see him win i was rooting for him i uh i got the ride with jason at mama tried one year and the uh, it was like the the z125 race rob i actually won and yep and jason was road racing the thing and got second so yeah cool to see him win and then Super sport was, was kind of weird. I mean, I'm sorry, super sport, super bike was kind of weird too. It was like weird track conditions and I didn't see the first day, but I saw Skoltzy one heads up won a dry race, which guys insane in the wet, but I think that was his first like legit super bike try win. So it was cool for uh, Matt Skoltz to get a win. I'd like to have him on the podcast at some point. He seems like a cool guy. And then, Oh um, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know him well, but um, seems like a really cool, really cool, nice guy and a lot of talent. So, and then his, I think they're both from South Africa, right? Is it, are they both from South Africa? Uh, Cam Peterson yep. one, okay, yeah, Cam yep. won, Cam won day two. And I've, I know Cam a little bit. I've got a chance to talk to him here and there and uh, really cool to see him win. He rode good, like, you know, the second day, he was flawless, like, he looked great. Yeah, I think the track was drying a little bit, but. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, two different winners. It was kind of cool to see. And yeah, looking forward to uh, the rest of the year on the Superbike. That that championship's really close. And a couple other guys that won Lamondre, uh, Joe Lamondre Jr. won the uh, Junior Cup the one day. Cody Wyman was the other winner. Travis Wyman won the bagger, which was a little unexpected as well. Uh, Kyle Wyman kind of gets a lot of the exposure in that class. And Little Brother went out in the, and won the bagger race. So that was. So that was cool. Travis is a good guy and it was really cool to see him get a, get a win. And I I think twins cup, you're a big twins cup guy, but I think it was Jody Berry, right? Did he win both again? Like, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. He's, he's been really quick on that thing. So yeah, looking forward to the Ridge. Um, I did have two other things, Rob, real quick. I saw a comment online and I've had a few people actually talk or ask me about this over the years drafting on the miles now is a lot different than it was when everybody was on xr 750s and i thought it was kind of a lot of its common sense i feel like but why is drafting different now than it was back then um somebody made the comment that guys are worse at drafting now than the old days i thought that was ridiculous um
2: man i'm not i'm not convinced it's all that much different um i mean you still have it's still a game of of chess so to speak i mean you still have to know when you're gonna plan your attack you still have to save your tire i mean it's i mean it's it's different because they're on different bikes that have different power deliveries um but in a sense you still see though i mean there was miles where there was big groups and there's miles where you know, like this when Jared and Davis and Dallas kind of checked out a little bit, and then you got another pack of four coming. So I, I don't think it's it's necessarily. I, I don't know. I'm not convinced it's all that much different. You know, I, you know, it would be great. We could maybe Jared Mees. I'll we'll, I'll ask him in a message. I'll say, look, you've drafted with a pack of XRs, and you've also drafted with a pack of Indians with a few Yamahas and XGs mixed in do you, what do you do differently? You know, and I'm sure he would give us a legit answer and he'd, you know, I'd be interested to to hear if there is a difference or not. Cause um, I think a know, lot of it, we go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we just got to remember that some of this stuff is being said by guys that are on the forums that, you know, have never been in the lead draft of anything, much less a grand national race. So, you know, I'm going to take them and I'm not saying they've all done, they all have it. I mean, hell for all, I know it could be, you know, um, damn, what's his name? The, the Eagle greatest writer of all time. You know, if he was on there commenting, then Shelby, we'd know for sure. Frank Shelby, <laughs> Frank Shelby, Frank
1: Shelby. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> can't
2: forget Frank Shelby.
1: Yeah. I mean, he embarrassed no. all the great. <laughs> it was, it was different because I think generally speaking, everybody was on XR seven fifties. It's essentially a very similar platform for, for all the guys where, Now you have guys on Yamahas and you have riders on XGs and you have riders on the Indian it's they're vastly different in power curve and horsepower. And some guys are running heavy cranks. Some are running stock cranks, flywheels. Some guys are really good through the corners. Like growing up on the Harley's I was always really strong rolling through the corners. Like I was a middle of the corner kind of guy. And as I adapted to the parallel twin, they're harder to ride through the corner than a Harley is than an XR750. So I've adapted more of a riding style where, you know, exit speed is crucial. Um so it just uh, it just depends like with the tires and the bikes and it's just different um than it used to be a little bit, but I would think the guys drafting now like you have to be even more efficient to draft because you got to you got to perfect it to to make a pass, you know. So um, yeah yeah no, there's, there's a definitely. lot of there's a lot of road race guys that have road raced or you know they're good they, our guys are good at drafting it's not like they're not it's just different it's just a different yeah. different race craft than than it it was 20 years ago um but yeah it was a it was a good thought good question and then I had someone else message me and they asked if because I did the moto america I was a uh, part of race control of vir they asked me if there was anything from moto america that when i was there that i would that i would personally take and implement an aft and i thought that was a really good question i don't think i talked about it much was um, a great question
2: who asked you that question
1: uh, i forget the guy's name uh it was on i think it was on the uh tank slap in uh instagram page Hold well on a regardless of who it was that's a, actually
2: a legit good question i would love to hear your answer too
1: Yeah, it was Corey Simpson. So Corey Simpson reached out and he asked it. And it's kind of tough. I should have prepared for it a little bit more. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, I think, that would work well with AFT from Moto America. Um, The thing is, everything that works well, our paddock and the fans, they just don't like change. Like, they don't want – like, when when we tried to implement collared shirts, like, it was like – nobody thought it was, it was stupid. Like guys mocked it. They didn't want to wear college shirts. You know, they wanted to wear tank tops and stuff like um, the professionalism of Moto America is a lot different than AFT, like every pit in Moto America. So they have a hot pit and a cold pit. So essentially for the flat track guys, they have a pit set up at their truck and then they have a pit set up on pit wall. Like they have, multiple professional looking pits where you know it's hard for it's hard to get our guys to buy a tent and it's not like they're making more money like the privateers in moto america they're making probably equal or less money than the privateers in flat track are but there's the the are a professional yeah and the expenses are way higher in moto america like their tire bill alone is like five grand you know and yep. i it was kind of funny like one of the jobs as as a race as a in race control as the rider rep is I handed out a lot of sanctions, which essentially they're fines. So if you come in and you're speeding in pit lane, if you're going five mile an hour over the speed limit, it's like a hundred and fifty dollar fine. Uh, if you if your transponder because you supply your own transponders in Moto America, if you come in your transponder's not working, you get a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. So we were handing out fines. Like I'm like I'm like man. I hope these guys aren't pissed. Like, can you imagine if we handed out 150 to 250 fine to somebody in the flat track paddock? Like how pissed off they'd be. I was like, man, I God. hope these guys aren't pissed. And they were. They understood. Like they nobody really gave me a hard time about it. So uh, another thing in Moto America I thought was interesting, and it's it's crazy, but I I get it. Is if they leak oil on the track or if they have any issues where they ruin the track, they're like disqualified. Like they don't, you're done. Like if you, you know, it's not your fault, but if you drip oil or you, you don't, it could be your fault. If you don't have the, everything wire tied the right way or the right belly pan or yeah. whatever, and you drip oil, you're pretty much fucked. Like you're done. Um, So, but that being said, there's a lot of things, there's a professionalism to moto America that I think would be beneficial in AFT, but the teams, the riders, and the fans need to be on board with it. It's just something that it's it's just neglected and uh, like they're not they does it's not perceived well from our our guys like it is in Moto America. Um, so no, definitely not. I mean, you I,
2: I couldn't even imagine the uh, hell. Remember, well, perfect example. And I mean, I know it's a safety thing now, and I'm happy, but think of when they went to airbags. And all the people like, oh my god, that's an expense, blah blah blah. blah. And think of many lives it saved already, you know.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was a great thing, and uh, and that's actually one thing. Moto America, they don't; it's not mandatory, so you don't have to. I, I think a superbike it is, but in the other classes, you, you don't. It's not mandatory to have to run an airbag. So some guys do, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I um, I I was surprised by that a little bit, but man, there's so much to the Moto America paddock that, that I would implement. I'll kind of save that from, I'll keep that under my hat for now. Like there was, I was really impressed with every, like the whole infrastructure of the series and kind of the way the ride, um, like the riders, just like how, how much pride they take in the series. That was kind of cool to see. Like, um, obviously Petrucci was, wasn't stoked, but everybody else kind of went to bat for the series. Like they, um, they like stuck up for the series and they, they take a lot of pride in it. And that's one thing, man, I really feel like, um, I don't know, we need to have a better, a better cooperation between the series and our riders. Like we need to be on board and help each other out, help like grow our package and increase the value. Like if the riders aren't increasing their value, then the series suffers. If the series isn't, you know, giving us a platform, And the riders suffer. Like we, you got to kind of work together to, uh, to do that. And I, I honestly want to give a shout out to Brian Smith. Like he's, he's been a really good addition to the, to the team. Um, he's approachable. He's one of the, he, anytime I text or call Brian, I have a question. He calls me right back. Um, and I, I've gotten that from, you know, not just me, like, like lower level teams and riders, like he's really approachable and he tries to give you an answer and uses a lot of common sense that, you know, it's, um, yeah, Kevin Crowther's good, too. Like, Kevin usually he'll, – he'll usually answer my phone calls, but it's just hard to uh, sometimes get an answer when you need it. Um, and when you kind of – sometimes when you ask the question, you, you kind of get an eye roll from some guys, and it's just like, man, like, you just didn't see that um, when I was in the Moto America paddock. Like, everybody could kind of, you know, they, they could ask a question, and it was fine. So, yeah, good question, man. It's, I don't know, Rob. I mean, it was – Yeah, probably, I thought it was know, awesome get into it quite a bit, but, um, yeah, no, like I said, it's so, a lot of, a
2: lot of who's stuff. Your, from work. Uh, who, who's your pick for this, this next race, each class, give me your top three or it don't have to be top three, but give me in
1: AFT. Your three. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, so hard. I hate picking guys as a rot like a current rider. I'll probably do more like pick on prediction stuff when I retire, but, um, i don't know man uh singles i don't know oh big
2: shout out to max whale man god i hate to hear that that sucks
1: yeah and that's man that's that's a bummer i mean it's i went back we talked about it in the last podcast me and sammy and i went back because i didn't see the instance at the track i was uh back in my pit but i saw the I saw the incident and man, it was, it was not, not an ideal move. Like Trevor got in there and just, he got into actually Mitchler a lap or two prior. And then he got into max the next lap or two and yeah, not ideal, man. I mean, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be aware of stuff like that. I mean, it was, yeah, I I hate to kind of hammer the kid, but it was, you know, and I usually like when he got into Dallas last year at Springfield, I didn't think that was that bad um that was short track racing going for the win on the last lap um you know he was real apologetic on the podium and I even told him I'm like man I wouldn't be so apologetic it wasn't that bad like obviously you don't want to take the take the kid out you want to take Dallas out but you know that's that's short track racing and shit happens but I can't go to bat for him on the uh on the red mile thing that was that was not ideal so bummer for Max to miss this round essentially you know, it really hurts his title chances. So that's it sucks, man. It really does. Um, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, but it's...
2: I'm gonna say it, man. I mean, he's he's still in it. I, I'm I'm gonna say it right now, there ain't no doubt. If if he's gonna said he's gonna his post that he's gonna try and come back to Lima. So if he can at least get some points in Lima, then then I think uh, I think he's still in it. You know, I mean, yeah, this weekend sucks not having him there, and he's gonna miss points, but. Um, I, I'm not calling him out of the championship yet, man. That's a single class. Anything can happen.
1: No, he's definitely not out. It's just, it makes it tougher. So uh, it, it's hard for me to go against Cody cop. Like uh, he's been riding really good. Uh, he's a good short tracker. He grew up in Washington state. He's, he's smooth. I think the track it's going to be hard packed and slick with a couple bumps maybe. So I think that's kind of right up his alley. It's just hard to hard to go against Cody cop. But the cool thing about the, the uh the short tracks is there's a lot more people that can sneak up there and win, like Chase Chase Sathoff, he'll be really good. Dalton, he's a good short tracker. Mitchler, he's a really good clay short track rider. Um, Bruner, Bruner's, you know, he's grew up in Lawrenceburg, Trent Lowe, Trent can run a short track. You know, it's a lot of these 450 kids grew up riding short tracks, and it's tough to pick a winner, but yeah, until Cody Cobb shows me otherwise, he kind of leveled up this year and I think he's the guy. And then as far as the Super Twins go, I'm going with Briar, man. I think he's pretty pissed off after Red Mile. I've never <laughs> seen anybody you ride right. a twin like Briar on a short track. He's just, you know, if the bike's good and it's set up well, I just don't, you know, the talent that he has, especially on a short track is.
2: Hey, I love Briar death, but Lame and Sammy is coming back this weekend. Yeah. Uh, everybody say hi to Danielle. She's looking through my wings. <laughs> hi, hi, Pepe. Hi, Wings. Um, so Slam and Sammy's coming back this weekend.
1: Yeah, he could be a sleeper. Like he was really good at New York Short Track last year. So, yeah, we'll see. It just depends the on the track. lap does.
2: record at PDT. can't discount that.
1: Yeah, I know you're a big Sammy guy. Fucking relax, dude. We get it. So that's it. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> I'm just PDT kidding, dude. I'm is just kidding. Like the hardest track in the world to get a track record on, and he got it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm just messing with you. No, he'll be good. And obviously Dallas and JD will be good. And Bronson won there last time we were there. So I know the tracks will be different, but Brombo is, he's insane on those tracks and Mies is good. Obviously that guy's all right. So yeah, it'll be good. And production twins. I don't know, man, I'm not picking a winner. I, I, uh, that's, that's a tough one for me to, to pick a winner. So I feel good. I feel good going into it, but there's a lot of good guys in my class who can short track, so it'll be uh, it won't be easy. So I'm looking forward to it. I I'm lo- actually looking forward to a short track. Like uh, usually, uh, you know, I'm more of a mile, half mile guy, but I like the fact that short track is uh more of a rider's track. So it's it kind of takes you know other things out off the table and go out and ride. So yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be cool. I'm looking forward to it, man. Heck yeah!
2: Well, I'll see you soon then
1: yeah let's wrap this up uh leaving first thing in the morning so um looking forward to it mission foods bell power sports yamaha motorsports indian motorcycle moto america dunlop motorcycle tires roof systems dallas texas manscaped use the code TankSlap 20 on manscaped.com 20 percent off from free shipping big shout out to john nickens for coming on our fan of the month sean carroll big hooligan guy coming on and and chat with us and all the fans who have tuned in itunes soundcloud spotify let us know what you think let us know we thought of this show we did things a little different um leave us a review follow us on social media all that good stuff we'll keep it rolling robbie thanks for taking the time bro and i'll see you in a couple of days oh, love it love it man all right yep see you soon bud all right we
2: out